This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. We're on the Bet Rivers Network, as always, and for all your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey. Play Sugar House in Connecticut. So whatever you need, just go to their uh, app, uh, and you'll find everything you need for all your needs there. And the program, of course, always on the Bet Rivers Network and wherever you can find your podcast. All right, on a Sunday after a giant, uh, let's call it matter-of-fact win against the Texans, a game the Giants were expected to win, a game that they led throughout, which is something different for them, and a game where, let's be honest, the Giant defense played, from my vantage point, although they got pressure and forced some red zone turnovers, and they haven't forced a lot of turnovers this year, especially interceptions, and they got a couple of turnovers, the Pierce fumble that was really a strip and and recovery, and then the interception, but they got torn apart in the second half. I mean, nobody moved the ball in the first half. The Giants ran it a little bit. In the second half, uh, Houston just absolutely cut them to ribbons. Let's be honest. I mean, for the game, they wound up with a lot of yardage. They wound up with, you know, a 286 yards passing, almost all of it in the second half. They rushed for 100 yards. I said before the game... The other day that the Giants would run for 200 yards against them, they ran for 191. That's what I figured. The one thing I didn't figure out was Danny Jones wasn't going to run a lot. He didn't run a lot. He picked his spots. He had the one scramble that was key for a first down. Uh, Barkley had, obviously, a good day. But the Giants missed a lot of opportunities. They would get their little margin, and it was almost like they didn't want to play with a margin because as soon as they did, They just got cut to ribbons. I mean, giving up 12, 15, 20, 30 yards in chunks to Pierce, to the receivers. Uh, Moreau had a terrible game. I mean, an absolutely terrible game. But, hey, they wound up with a win, which is all that's important. In this league, you have to win games where you don't have great days. But uh, there were some things you didn't like from uh, from that giant defense today uh, that showed some vulnerabilities. Uh, When they don't get pressure on, they really had a lot of trouble stopping them. And Houston has some weapons. Pierce a player. You know, Cooks, if he's not upset about being traded and in a mood, he's a player. They have some good talent, but uh, they moved the ball freely in the second half, but the Giants were able to make plays. Barkley should have not skidded this time. He should have gone for that first down because that first down was important. They didn't get it. They had to settle for a long field goal. They got that. 
That put him up 11. I don't know why Lovey kicked the field goal, but I'm sure there's a lot of happy Giant fans because he did, because they were going to get the backdoor cover if he didn't kick that field goal because the Giants weren't going to stop him. He, the next pass was going in the end zone. Uh, so uh, you could have counted on that because the Giants didn't really care. Uh, and the bottom line is uh, Giant fans got lucky that they covered, but they did. Uh, and they kicked that late field goal with a couple of seconds left, which didn't make a lot of sense. But again, they weren't going to win once they went down 11 anyway. So the Giants get a game they have to get. They had to get. You saw some real anger from Dable at times because the Giants did a lot of things wrong in this game. Then you have the Galladay situation. And I tweeted in the first half after the second drop, take his helmet away. I mean, it, it clearly, it's A, he doesn't want to be here. Or B, he doesn't want to get hurt. Or I don't know what to make of it. But, I mean, let's be honest. Benching him was the right thing. Dressing him is the wrong thing. Getting rid of him as soon as uh, it is compatible with your finances is the proper thing. He does not belong on this team. I mean, it is uh, his effort today was disgraceful. Uh, and I'm sorry. Uh, you got to give a better effort. We could have taken fans out of the stands who could have caught that second ball. I mean, that was just an awful effort and was a costly play, too, and could have proved a costly play in a game that was always within a play or two of being a pain in the neck. But they turned the ball over enough that kept the Giants comfortably in front, and the Giants were able to run the ball enough to keep them at arm's length, Barkley getting 152 yards rushing. So the Giants... Get a win. We know the Eagles will play on Monday night. The Cowboys lost a game they shouldn't have lost, uh, but they did. Now the Giants are 7-2. and two. Uh, The Cowboys obviously are 6-3 and three off the loss to Green Bay. And the division is still going to be very, very interesting. The Lions come in, and they came from two touchdowns back and beat the Bears today. So they have now got a little gas in their tank. They've won a couple of games in a row as they come in, and then the schedule becomes one of the toughest schedules in the league. You got the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. You got the Eagles twice. You got plenty of tough. You got a trip to Seattle. You got a lot of tough games left on the schedule for the Giants. But at that point, they'd be 8-2 and two, and in a very, very good position to make the playoffs. The Lion game is not going to be a gift game. The Lions are getting healthier on defense. They're getting healthier on offense. They can move the football. Uh, they're not going to be an easy opponent. That's not going to be an easy game next week in any way. And they came from two touchdowns back today. They didn't stop Fields who ran all over them, but you know they were able to score 30 points against the Bears. The Bears defense is just dreadful right now. Uh, but they win the game. Uh, the Lions do, and they'll come in with a little steam uh, next week and make things, you know, interesting. So that's a game you'd like to get. You know, you, I know you're getting greedy now, but that's a game you want to win. That's a game that you think you should win. You're going to be favored in the game, and then the schedule turns very, very tough, very, very strong, starting on Thanksgiving with that trip to the Dallas to take on uh, the Cowboys. So some good things today from a couple of guys. I thought Jones was professional. That's what I'll call him today more than anything else. Uh, 
I thought he, you know, he missed a couple of throws, but he made some good throws. Overall for the day, I thought he, you know, I thought he, he I thought he had a decent game. You know, I, I, like I said, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was great. I thought it was nothing really to pick apart, nothing really to write home about, but it was an effort that you can live with. And, you know, he didn't throw the ball a whole lot, only 17 attempts. Um, he didn't run the ball only five times for 24, that one big first down that he netted. Uh, that 11-yard run that went for a first down. Slayton came up with the big play down the sideline where he got a big block and went 54 yards for the touchdown. Uh, Jones did a good job on that play. The blitz pickup was good on that play. Uh, he got the ball out on that play. Hodgins stepped in and made a couple of uh, uh, catches. Robinson, Cager, these are the names you're going to see. Forget Galladay. Um, and on defense, obviously, you know, they get the effort from the guys that you uh, – I, I thought Moreau had a rough game in coverage. Um, but you get the game that you expect from some of the guys, you know, like Lawrence and stuff. You, you get good performances that you expect, and you move on from there. So the Giants get a 24-16 victory. Um, I'm sure you went into this weekend's game expecting them to beat a team that's only won once, even though that team has been pesky is the best way to put it. And was pesky again today. You know, I mean, let's be honest. Mills was 22 with 37 for 319 in the touchdown. Pierce had 17 for 94 and also caught a couple of passes. So he had over 100 yards of real estate. He's a good player. Aikens had some big catches. Moore had some big plays. Collins had some big plays. Cooks had a couple of plays. So, you know, they, they spread the wealth around and they moved the ball. The Giants get out of there with a 24-16 win and a 7-2 awaiting the Lions. As far as the rest of the league, there were two games today that you're really going to zero in on. Obviously, um, I need an hour to explain. I would need an hour to explain the Bills and Vikings with what went on in that game. I mean... The Vikings coming from behind. The turnovers by Allen. The fact that the, the Vikings get the ball on fourth down with a chance to win the game. And you know what kind of day Jefferson had. I mean, he was unbelievable. Um, I mean, he's an unstoppable wide receiver. Uh, they have a half a yard to get. They don't get it. They take over of four points on the goal line. With 44 seconds left, and Allen fumbles the ball. And then the Vikings settle for a field goal because they get the sack. And in overtime, you know, they get the lead on the, on the turnover, and then the Bills come back and get the field goal to go to overtime. And then in overtime, the Vikings settle for the field goal, and the Bills come down, and they have a chance to put the game away and win it. And he throws another red zone interception. Let's be honest. We know how good a player Allen is. Allen has become a turnover machine in recent weeks, especially in the red zone. I mean, he is turning the ball over with outrageous frequency. You can't win games. You're not going anywhere if your star quarterback turns the ball over like he's turning the ball over. He's on one of those rashes 
that Brett Favre used to go on, where he just starts turning the ball over all over the place. You know how good he is. No one's knocking how good he is. But there's nothing he can't do on the football field, but he is turning the ball over like crazy. And some horrific turnovers, like the ones against Green Bay, which would have put that game out of reach. They wound up winning but not covering that game because he threw some unbelievable red zone turnovers. And then those turnovers today just they boggle the mind. I mean, he is really in a deep, maybe he's hurting. Maybe he just thinks he can make any play anytime, anywhere. But you have to put a little bit, if you are the coaching staff there, you have to put a little bit of fear into him to understand that mistakes hurt. You cannot allow him to make mistakes wherever and whenever he wants, despite how good a player he is. Because it detracts from his greatness. They're now six, they're now six and three. I mean, Miami leads the division. The Jets and the Bills are tied. New England's a game out, and Jets are playing New England next week. I mean, that division's wild right now. And the Vikings find themselves at eight and one in a division where the second place team is four and six. They got a five game lead in the loss column before Thanksgiving. So the bottom line is they're five and zero in the division. They got a five game lead in the division, and they have a you know a triple tiebreaker already because they're already three and zero in the division. So the bottom line is you know what they're going to clinch the division after Thanksgiving, if not on Thanksgiving. And Allen, if he's not healthy, then sit him down. He's moving the ball, but boy, he's turning it over like crazy. And then the Dallas game, where we can spend a lot of time on strategy there, but the bottom line is the Cowboys blew a two-touchdown lead. That's it in a nutshell. Forget overtime. Forget what went on with McCarthy. And McCarthy will always have you scratching your head. The bottom line is the Cowboys blew a 14-point lead. And with their defense, that's not supposed to happen, okay? You're not supposed to blow 14-point leads when you have that defense. Case closed. That's all there is to it. You cannot, cannot have that team with that talent blow a 14-point lead. I mean, that's it. You know, there's, not, there's nothing left to say there. You know, you are, you are rolling along that third quarter ends and you're up 28 to 14. You know, that's it. There's two minutes left when you score. When Prescott hits Lamb for a touchdown, there's two minutes left in the third quarter. You go to the fourth quarter. Okay, you go to the fourth quarter and the Packers are down 14 points. And you let them hide the game at 28. Case closed. Like I said, we can get on McCarthy. We can get on decisions. We can get on what he decided to do. We all, Okay, fine. But the bottom line is they blew a fourth. With that defense, they blew a 28-14 point lead in the fourth. 28-14 lead in the fourth quarter. And that can't happen. 
If you want to be a team that people are going to think has got a chance to be something this year, then you cannot blow 28-14 leads in the fourth quarter. That has to be able to stand. You're, you, that has to be able to be enough points to win the game. Otherwise, your defense is not what everybody thinks it is. So Green Bay keeps its overall hopes alive and keeps everybody thinking because today Aaron Rodgers found Watson. Today Aaron Rodgers looked like Aaron Rodgers, made some throws that were like the real Aaron Rodgers, and has you thinking, hey, you know what? Maybe they're going to get on a little bit of a roll. They do have personnel. We know that. And if Rodgers is going to play like Rodgers, you know they always can be a dangerous team. It goes without saying. They have the Titans coming up on Thursday night. At home, if they get that game, they'd be 5-6 and six with 11 days off to heal up and then make a December run. That's a very big game for them against the Titans on Thursday night. Titans pulled the game out where Tannehill played and was awful early, and then they took over the game and shut Denver down and held them off and won the game 17-10. The Titans win those kind of games. They always do. And then you have the saga of the Colts. Now, Reich gets into trouble because he doesn't want to sit Matt Ryan. But the owner doesn't want to play Matt Ryan anymore because he's mad that this whole thing happened and he doesn't want to owe Matt Ryan any money for next year. And he's mad about everything, so he wants Matt Ryan to never play again for the Colts. So the Colts go in with Erlinger and stink up the joint against the Pats. So he fires Reich, who has a win. Frank Reich was not only a great guy, but has a winning record as a coach, despite the fact he's changed quarterbacks every year. GM isn't on board about this. This is all the owner. So the owner hires his buddy, former very talented player on Saturday, who has never coached on the college level, never coached on the NFL uh, level, turned down repeated offers to become an assistant coach with the Colts because he didn't want to put in the time, and then takes the job as the head coach, which ticked off every player veteran player, and every assistant in the building. So everywhere, no matter where you went this weekend, you got Ursay slaughtered that this was the worst thing that anybody could ever do to the coaching profession. You heard Coward this morning. You could go down the list. Everybody slammed this. I did. Everyone did because it's slammable. So what do they do? They put Matt Ryan back in. Because they want to win. They give him free reign and he wins the game today in Oakland. In Vegas, excuse me, not Oakland, but Vegas. He beats the Raiders, who are so hapless they can't get out of their own way. And Matt Ryan's making 30-yard runs and he's making one-yard touchdown runs and he's making 35-yard passes and bringing them from behind and he wins the game. And all Reich ever wanted to do was play Matt Ryan a quarterback. So Ursay hears so much about how this is a disaster, and he's like, okay, I'll show you how the disaster is. I'll put my veteran quarterback back in. 
they didn't give Matt Ryan the call. If they had done that, they probably would have won a game the last couple of weeks. The games that Erlinger was terrible, they would have probably won one of those games with Ryan at the quarterback now that they have a healthier running back again, now that he's back and running well again, and his hamstring. Remember, this was the best back in football last year, and he's been hurt. He's had a bad hamstring. So he's finally healthy, which makes obviously a big difference. And he runs the ball great. And he has, you know, a 60, he has a 60-yard touchdown run that breaks the game open and gets them, you know, in front, and they go back and forth. But he winds up having the kind of game that he had all year, last year. I mean, that's exactly, that, you know, that's exactly what you got out of Taylor all last year, 22 for 147, and a big long run sometime in the game. Today it was a 66-yarder. So now the Colts are like, hey, we know what we're doing here. Yeah, you know what you're doing. You gave it back to Matt Ryan. <laughs> Uh, you can't make it up. You cannot make it up. Ryan was 21 to 28 for 222 with a touchdown. He also scored a touchdown. He also had a huge 39-yard run in the game. Taylor had 147, and they beat the Raiders 25-20. And the Raiders have way, way, way too much talent to be playing the way they are. Absolutely way too much talent. The Bucks got their running game going today in Germany. Brady actually threw an interception, but they held off the Seahawks. They got 21-3 and held off the Seahawks 21-16. The Lions came from two touchdowns back to beat the, uh, Bear, beat the Bears 31-30. Have you noticed what the Bears have done in just letting fields run crazy? Today, 13 rushes for 147 yards. And two touchdowns, including a 67-yard touchdown. Check out his rushing numbers in recent weeks. Since the Monday nighter against the Pats when they let him loose, he is running all over the place. And he accounted for four touchdowns today. And he is running crazy. And nobody's stopping him, but their defense is just atrocious. I mentioned the Titans, of course, beating the Broncos. They do that because they're a winning team and the Broncos don't know what they're doing. Jaguars, listen, they're not bad anymore. But they're not going to beat the Chiefs. They're 3-7, and 27-17. The Chiefs beat the Jaguars. The Dolphins are a story. They're 7-3, and three, and if their defense starts to play well, watch out. Because they can score 30 on anybody. And you know what? That team clicks. That team clicks with Tua. Today, Tua was 25 of 32 for 285 and three touchdowns. He is having a sensational, a sensational season. Week after week. He's got 15 touchdowns, three interceptions. He's averaging almost 300 yards a game passing. He is having a sensational year, and his yards per attempt, remember, he's Mr. Dink and Dunk, right? Yards per attempt, 9.2. 9.2 is off the charts, yards per attempt. Off the charts. 
Those people who said Tua couldn't play, you know what? They're, they are hiding right now. Saints have way too much talent to mail it in, but their quarterback position is a mess. Steelers beat them 20 to 10. Steelers, listen, they're trying to rebuild right now. And then you have the Chargers and the Niners. I can tell you the game hasn't started well for the Niners early. And they were heavy favorite in this game, but it hasn't started well for them. Niners are hard to figure, but they have talent. They should be pretty good. Then tomorrow night, the undefeated Eagles begin their second half where they start to see a lot of the local teams. Remember, they're going to see the Cowboys again. They're going to see the Giants twice. They have Washington tomorrow night. You're going to see a lot of them on TV in the weeks to come, and they're already 8-0. And right now, the MVP race in the MVP race is Mahomes won. Hurts, too. Right now, you can forget Josh Allen. MVPs don't turn the ball over right and left and left and right. And that is what is going on in recent weeks for Mr. Allen. He has turned the ball over this way, that way, this way, and that way. And it is getting very, very scary. And the team, you know what? Better be worried about a lot of things, considering how, how tough the division is starting to shape up. Big game next week, both coming off a bye. We can start talking about it now. Jets, Pats, big on so many levels. The Dolphins are 7-3, and three, the Jets and the Bills are 6-3, and three, the Pats are 5-4. and four. The Jets don't beat the Pats. They didn't beat him this year. Now they go up there off bye week. This is a game. The Jets have better talent. There comes a time where they need to beat this team. If they can't do it, it'll be a very telling game in their season. It's an enormous game. An enormous game next week. Titans and Packers, I told you already on Thursday, is an interesting game on a lot of levels. The Titans are 6-3, and three, and the Packers, if they can get that game, get to 5-6, and six, they get 11 days off, and they get to they make their December run to the playoffs, even if it is as a wild card. Elsewhere, you have the Cowboys and the Vikings. Cowboys on the road again, off a loss. Cowboys now off the loss in Green Bay need to play well against Minnesota. Minnesota's 8-1 and one and has Dallas next week in the big 4 o'clock game. And then the Sunday night game is the Chiefs and the Chargers. I'm telling you right now, the Chiefs, as I've said to you since week one, are still the best team in the NFL. The team that I would count on the most gun to my head to go to the Super Bowl would be the Kansas City Chiefs. Coach, quarterback, culture. All yells Chiefs. Still does. And remember, you're right around the corner from the Thanksgiving games, not too far away now. 
Bills and Lions, which, you know what, if the Lions ever beat the Giants, and even if they don't, it's still a game that's got a little bit, what's up with the Bills, what's up with Allen, Lions can be dangerous once in a while. So that game has a little cachet. Then you have a game that people are going to arrange their schedules around. The Giants and the Cowboys at 4.30 on Thanksgiving. I mean, hey, eat a three, be just ready for dessert at 4.30, and then turn it on and get ready for what should be a great football game. And then a good one at night, Pats and Vikings. So that's a nice Thanksgiving triple header. Really is. Right around the corner. Busy week coming up. Lot to do. You hear from us a lot. Um, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.